The sky darkened as a heavy storm rolled in. The weight of the air shifted over the pine barrens as thunder rumbled in the distance. The air inside the cabin was equally charged as the lady of the house cried out in pain. Mother Leeds was giving birth to her thirteenth child. Let this child be a devil, she exclaimed in anguish. After some time, an exhausted Mother Leeds gave a final effort, and the midwife helped the newborn into the world, quickly taking stock and noting he seemed to be a healthy baby boy. The infant cried and writhed as something unbelievable began to unfold. Mother Leeds and the midwife exchanged horrified glances as the baby transformed before their eyes. Bat-like wings emerged from his back. His feet mutated into cloven hooves. Sharp, talon-like claws replaced his once-perfect little hands. A forked tail materialized and lashed at anyone within reach. The thirteenth Leeds baby, now a dark, menacing figure, spread its coriaceous wings and took flight. He fled the home, through the fireplace, and up the chimney. This is Fright Life, a paranormal podcast, and on this episode, we will discuss the Jersey Devil. It was 1735 when Mother Leeds gave birth to the Leeds Devil, also known as the Jersey Devil. But long before the Leeds family settled into New Jersey's Pine Barrens, and for centuries since, a dragon-like, demonic creature has been reported in the dense forest and the skies above. Whether a supernatural creature or some undiscovered species of animal This terrifying winged figure has skulked around New Jersey's Pine Barrens and the larger Delaware Valley area for centuries. Hey, welcome to Fright Life. We're your host, Jocelyn Monique. Hello. And on this episode, we are discussing the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Um, We don't do a lot of cryptids on this show, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we like to have some sort of backstory and some factual information that can help kind of back up what we're talking about. Well, I don't know if that's all there is because there are some cryptids that have some pretty good field work associated with them. We have a lot of friends in the field of paranormal research, Fordian investigations that really pursue the cryptids more heavily than kind of what we do with the hauntings. And I just defer this to them usually. Yeah. Like they know more than we do. Absolutely. I'm not out there in the woods. I'm not doing field work outside generally. <laughs> like I, <laughs> There are cryptids out there. Yeah. So you don't want to be out. be messing around with that. Also bears and bees, which I'm allergic to. So and I'm, yeah, I'm scared of bees for yeah. sure. So that's kind of one of the things. And I 
We'll leave that to our friends. We'll mention some of them kind of in our outro later. Mm -hmm. So you can check out some of their work on various cryptids and field work. But yeah, generally we stay away from this because I like to do as much research as I can. And if I'm not getting out there, I mean, I don't even go camping, you guys. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of camping either. It's cold and most of the time there's no shower. Yeah. And I can't wear fancy shoes camping like oh they're gosh, specific right. okay yeah it's like it's not the best like i'm not out you know bigfoot sasquatch hunting in in my heels yeah you can't. or at all no because i can't wear my heels yeah yeah um if which, there was some sort of cryptid that like dwelled downtown sure we'd be into that we would go yeah like some then you sort of drinks after abandoned like gothic manner yeah i'm there like i'll definitely do some field work trying to figure out like Dracula. Yes. And vampires. Yes. Obviously, I mean, if you don't know us, we're definitely like tongue in cheek here messing around. But <laughs> there are friends of ours in the field. They will do the field work. We will leave this to them. But since we don't really do cryptids, I thought this was a an interesting one to cover because it does have this folklore origin story yeah. we could really get into. It's pretty creepy. I'd actually like to go back and discuss that origin story real quick because basically what we're dealing with here is a woman who has had 12 children and this 13th one she was just like I've had it this child will be a curse upon humanity because nobody treats me right and here here's this yeah, so that's actually interesting. So we'll go back, pan back a little bit further to like the general area, the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. So the Leeds family settled there and were early, like initial settlers of the area. Mm-hmm. And that's well documented. There are several branches of the Leeds family known to have settled that area. Now, the area itself, the Pine Barrens, is like hundreds and hundreds of acres of dense forest. Yeah. Apparently it has really sandy soil. Not a lot grows there in way of crops. And a lot of the settlers were like, okay, we're going to pull out of this area and actually settle or move into towns like villages around the area. Sure. And the people who remained were called the Pineys. That's a cool name, I guess. Well, yeah, it was said in sort of a derogatory manner. Oh. Like, sort of, they were, like, backwoods, you know. So, apparently, the Leeds family stayed. And Mother Leeds, while there are a few different branches of the Leeds family documented in the area, like I said, there aren't really any specifics. Different documentaries, different books, and other podcasts name her. Like, she's been called Deborah Leeds. Mm -hmm. And a few other names. So... I don't want to put a first name on it because I'm not sure which one. And I don't think anyone actually is. Sure, it's the right mother leads from the folklore, from the origin story, because none of them were documented to have 13 children. Okay. So it's a little bit of a folk tale, right? But apparently, some more of the folklore, a little background on her, is her husband was like the town drunk she was sort of witchy, like medicinal witchy, okay. not satanic, like the actual witch, like sure. an old world healer. Yeah. And 
So I don't know if that's accurate or if that's just to put more of a fine point on the fact that she said this kind of cursed thing out loud. Let this child be a devil. And if she's a witch, of course, that's scarier. Well, that's how... That, you that's want a Jersey her, devil? This yeah. is how you get Jersey devils. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So... This is like you, like, calling things into existence... Yeah, sort of like it haphazardly, accidentally, just by, it happens all the time. We do need to start writing these things down yeah. because I'm always shocked by it. Okay, so if we have another kiddo, like, don't be well, cursing it because. No, I would never. Unless we're really bored and then this is like, <laughs> just, this is how you make history, right? I guess that's true. This she's, happened in the 1700s. She's very, very famous now. <laughs> we're talking about her today. She would have a reality show. Right. Today. Well, I mean, 12 kids running around. And one of them is a devil. The 13th just like escaped up the chimney. But now he'd probably go to like an Ivy League school and be a lawyer or something. What? <laughs> Maybe. In, in the reality show, this is how okay. they would spin it. Well, okay, sure. I'd be like, you devil. (laughs) Okay. Joss has to make like a little side story about this, I think. But whether or not this actually started in the 1700s, and by that I mean the origin story of this cryptid, he is seen by thousands of people over the next few hundred years. Yeah, and I think that's what makes this case really compelling as seekers of truth that we are mm-hmm. is there's there has to be something to it so at this point it's like a chicken or the egg situation yeah. where it's like was this folklore created to give rhyme and reason to whatever they're seeing out there sure or you know the other way around right did the folklore happen and then people were like oh i see something crazy it must be The Leeds Devil, the Jersey Devil. Yeah. But either way, people are seeing this thing over time and lots of people. So what is it that they are witnessing in the skies and in the forests of the Pine Barrens, New Jersey? So the general consensus is that this creature is sort of kangaroo-like in its main body. What? Yeah. With the head of a goat or horse. Mm Mm-hmm. So like a long face and horns. Hold on. So what part is kangaroo-like? Because um, that is the number one most terrifying animal, if you ask me. I mean, a lot of it is kangaroo-like. I'm scared of kangaroos. It has short hands or like arms. I don't want to talk about this anymore. With (laughs) claws. I'm really scared. Like, I have nightmares about kangaroos. I know. You hate kangaroos so much. Ugh, I don't hate them. I'm sure they're lovely, but they're scary. They're, well, think of a kangaroo, but with giant bat wings and no. horns. Okay. So that that's didn't, it. that's not so much in my description. What I heard is that it's like basically a dragon. Sure. And I, for some reason, I'd love the idea of a dragon. Like, don't get me wrong from our our little spiel at the beginning about like, not wanting to go camping, I still would be like the final girl. Like I could, I could rise to the occasion and be badass, especially if I could wear really fancy robes and like ride a fucking dragon. Yeah. Like I'd be mother of the dragon. Sure. It's like I would go camping and survive till the end if the occasion called for it. 
otherwise, please yeah, don't bother me. I'm cozy on the couch. Yeah, it's got to be like a vibey <laughs> moment. And if yeah. dragons are involved, I am there. Yeah, totally. But a flying kangaroo, I am not. Get, I'm hiding out. Okay, so let me clarify. Okay. By kangaroo in appearance, it has like a long neck, a long face, short arms with claws. Okay. But the feet are like cloven hooves instead well, of kangaroo big kangaroo doesn't have that? No. Okay. But like the main body. Okay. And then wings. So kind of like if you think of, you know, Pokemon. I know of Pokemon. Uh, Charizard. Okay. He's like this kind of dragon looking guy, long face, horns, short arms with claws. I think Charizard, I think he might be the Jersey Devil. <laughs> it's just that's be, I don't know about Pokemon that. are real okay and that's the end of the episode thanks for listening no so okay so the descriptions vary obviously so <laughs> um, we've heard like horse head goat head canine type head mm-hmm. kangaroo type head llama I saw that yeah. also but those are all similar so yeah. while generally those animals vary like majorly really if you're thinking of just head shape they're all very similar yes and they're very similar to a dragon yeah okay that's also true now i've heard like huge six foot or more wingspan Mm -hmm. of leathery bat-like wings correct the thing stands at over six to eight feet tall and is dark now i've heard like leathery scaly crocodile skin Mm -hmm. And also like furish, featherish kind of vibes. Like matted fur. Yeah. yeah. So, so that varies. Mm-hmm. But people aren't getting like long glimpses usually, although there are a few that got pretty good looks, apparently. Yeah. It's also reported that this thing has like glowy red eyes. That's of a course. signature. And a high screeching cry, like a. I don't like that. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, that's scary. So you're afraid of kangaroos. Yeah. Which is understandable because... They are fast and they can kick really hard and they punch like insane. Sometimes they're I'm sure they're vicious. Like, yeah, that's what they... Like and they look like really human, but also like not of this world at yeah. the same time. So Cubs. like... They're cryptids for sure. <laughs> um, I have a real problem with animal sounds that don't sound natural like well, things, animal it's sounds like, are creepy yeah even like heard, full ones you've heard like coyotes coyotes are terrifying sometimes out at my dad's house there are my dad lives way out in the country mm-hmm. um like a whole bunch of coyotes and they like they get each other all like riled up and yeah. then it just gets super loud i love and, it oh my god it's terrifying so that's the kind of thing i love like i love i'm afraid of trains but I love them. Like, I mean, like train whistles. There's something, okay. and I don't know if it's because I watched Fried Green Tomatoes when I was a kid uh-huh. and somebody gets run over by a train. That'll do it. Or like a past life thing. But the sound of the train freaks me out. Okay. But I kind of like it in the same way that like thunderstorms are spooky and and yes. cozy and scary. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so that's kind of how I feel. I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, about animal cries. Mm-hmm. Like hearing the coyotes. That's like, I know that I'm safely away from the coyotes and that they're not really going to harm me. 
Yeah, but what so the they're fuck cackling are they doing cries. Out there? Oh, I love it. They're casting spells. They're like having this creepy meetings. This is why I don't like people in animal costumes because, like, what well, the that's fuck scary. Are they doing? So for there? some reason, that which I'm not as scared. Like that's your thing. Yeah, hey, cannot because it doesn't like compute. Yeah, they're. You don't know what they're doing in there. Yeah, you know that's sort of like how I feel about kangaroos. Can't yeah. really tell. Are they cuddly? What, what are they, they vicious? Do? Who knows? Yeah. I Coyotes, you know what you're getting. Dragons, you know what you're getting. Yeah, okay. So that's I see. Kind of, no, I we see. just we just had like a full <laughs> therapy session. Like we know the root of these fears we're, now. We're boiling it down. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. But this is what people are seeing, like yeah. driving through the Pine Barrens. Well, before the driving through. There was a lot of sightings, like, on foot, and we'll get into the sightings and, like, the specifics of the sightings in a moment. But they see that this creature is bipedal, so two feet, walking on two feet, Mm -hmm. of the cloven hooves, do-do-do-do, huge wings, and can fly. So it's usually, like, crouchy-crouchy, kind of skulking through on the two little feet. Yeah. Or taking flight. There's a lot of, like, perching. Like gargoyle-like perching on rooftops, perching in trees. Okay. So that's some of the behavior, the screeching cries. Now, one thing is, in some sightings, and we'll get into this deeper, there are, like, animal deaths. But there's not really, I don't think, enough compelling evidence for, like, an attack pattern. It doesn't seem like it's actually harmful to humans. Because there okay. are some face-to-face encounters. Yeah. And the thing just, like, skedaddles. Yeah. So, anyway, let's get into the to the sightings. Yeah. So, we've got this 1735 origin story. Which, by the way, an interesting... Sorry to derail, but okay. just for a quick second. 1735 is a very specific date for an origin story. Usually, if it's, like, something that's, like, a mythical thing, it's, like... Long, long ago in the isles of yeah, more Tanzania or whatever, oh you know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. You're coming up with some great stories today. I mean. got to write these down. It's because of Home Alone. What? Just, I, I had this idea from Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Shh, don't tell anybody. Okay. It's, we'll it's going to be good, you It'll guys. be a thing. You guys, it'll be released somehow. This is going to happen. I Just have friends like, in the comic book industry. There's a little teaser going on. There's some ideas that were stewing last night tangent sorry okay i'm just saying he's in writing mode he's in creating mode so 1735 that's a hard date for folklore for right. folklore right which yeah, is really specific. interesting to me mm-hmm. sorry just wanted to point that out that's okay that Go is ahead. a good note yes so we've got the 1735 origin story with the leeds family mother leeds and then after that i'm not sure exactly how much it's seen probably Still seen, but like 1735, it's like people are like, what is writing? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, they don't know. They don't We're they a don't little get beyond it. that at that point. But um, there are noted sightings between 1812 and the 1820s by two pretty notable people. Mm-hmm. One is Joseph Bonaparte. That is the brother of Napoleon Bonaparte. Interesting. He was the king of Spain, Joseph, uh, between 1808 and 1813. And then he 
was exiled, you know, after the whole thing with Napoleon. <laughs> and they were like, you guys got to get out of here. That was my brother's deal. <laughs> no, he, he had to be <laughs> exiled too. So he went um, and settled in Bordentown, New Jersey, along the Delaware River. Interesting. So he had the this beautiful estate with these hunting grounds, and he hunted on them often. And one day around 1820, he tracked what he at first thought to be a deer. He was following hoof prints okay. on his land. And then he spotted this bipedal, towering figure he apparently knew to be the Jersey Devil. So he had heard, he had already heard Whoa. these murmurings of this this story. Okay. And he apparently like shot at it and everything and had a pretty good hefty sighting. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And around that same time, a, an officer, Commodore Stephen Decatur, was in the Hanover Mill Works. And he was inspecting uh, cannonballs, like like you do munitions plant was on that space. Sure. And he was there checking those out and making sure they were all up to spec. I <laughs> making guess. sure they were all round. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get rid of those weird square cannonballs. Yeah, any oblong cannonballs. Cannon cubes. No, probably no. not the best idea. So he was there testing those and spotted the huge winged creature. That fits the description of the Jersey Devil. That's crazy. Now, apparently, he shot at it with the cannonball. And he had other officers there with him who witnessed the same thing. Apparently, according to them, the cannonball struck the creature, like, piercing its wing, and it just kept flying unscathed. Whoa. Okay. Now, now I... I... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that was weird. Jinxies. Uh, now I, I feel like, is this a like interdimensional thing well we're not getting the theories yet but I know, good point I'm put a pin in that put a pit parking lot it okay okay that is one of the main questions is is a cryptid and maybe there can't be a blanket statement on all but when you're looking at cryptids i guess you want to decide that like is this a supernatural entity uh-huh. or a un, an undiscovered Creature, animal, right? Correct. Okay. So if we're in the undiscovered animal camp, or, and we'll get to this, prehistoric animal camp, it would generally probably be hurt by cannonballs. Yeah, right. You'd think. It would recoil in some way. Yeah. Now, I would personally say, we don't know if these guys actually struck the creature. Or... Did they just spot him, which is still cool enough, but yeah. then they wanted to, you know, make their story a little more exciting. Classic. Oh, yeah, we shot at him. It was this big. We hit him and, you know, we just couldn't capture him. Yeah. That it's sort of thing. Classic hunter right. story. Right. Now, of course, if we're questioning whether or not his account was fully accurate, we could sort of negate the entire thing. Sure. If he's lying about shooting him, is he lying about seeing him? But we can do that with anyone. Which is the trouble, I guess, with first-hand accounts and no physical evidence. Sure. But this is a decorated military officer. So we do want to give some weight to what he's saying. Right. And I feel like with legends like this, it 
it doesn't seem like it holds enough weight to be like, oh, I'm going to make up a story about this. You know what I mean? Like, way back then, if you're going to have an encounter that's like a cool story, mm-hmm. it's it's not just like out of the blue. Like, oh, I'm inspecting cannonballs at this factory. I better make up a story about a weird creature that I see. Right, right. So, yeah, I get what you mean. If you want to just like be in on the storytelling, you could be like, oh... That's where you get that, like, long ago, I heard my great-great-uncle witness yes. this instead of, like, hey, we're out at work and right. we're completely derailed by this fake sighting. That is kind of weird. Exactly. Like, who gets that bored? I mean, yeah. people do, but let's believe him for now. I, I believe sense. him 100%. Okay. Oh, 100%. That is a large percentage, sir. It's all of the percent. Okay. You are, you know, yeah. We know Joss to be the believer <laughs> of all believers I just, on these things. It, my guy saw something. Okay. Right. Okay. And we'll and get so into that. And so he was excited to tell the story. Excellent. So things are quiet on, you know, the sighting front, at least documented sighting sure. front, for a little while. And then in January of 1909, there is a full week of sightings Whoa. in the area. People wake up to hoof prints in their backyard on their roof, like dozens of people are reporting seeing just the prince. Some are reporting seeing him, the Jersey Devil, perched on their rooftops. One account of a woman named Mrs. White was exiting her house holding a basket of laundry when she saw it standing there. She screamed, and apparently the Jersey Devil breathed fire. Okay. So now we're back in this, like, dragon vibe, which I love. Um, Apparently, Mrs. White fainted. Her husband came out. The Jersey Devil creature was still standing there, just, like, skulking around. And he grabbed the laundry, like, just loose laundry, and waved it around on a stick to try and, like, shoo the creature away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that worked, and he just, like, flew off. That's bonkers. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's really interesting. That's why I was saying he doesn't seem to be, like, specifically violent because he's not, like, attacking these people. Yeah. And one thing about this week of terror is what it's known as is it spans miles. So it is Pine Barrens area, South Jersey, all the way to there's one sighting in Bristol, Pennsylvania on January 17th of that year where James Sackville, a police officer, sees the Jersey Devil during his patrol, and he follows it as it's flying, and he's shooting at it, and nothing is happening. Whoa. Okay, so... that's an so, officer of the law. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a credible witness. That's, mm-hmm. that's important. And what is compelling is that there's all of these sightings, but they're never, like, at the same time. So we know that it's not a bunch of these creatures, right? Well, we don't know for sure because there is question about how many sightings happen over, like, miles and miles just within this small amount of time. Okay. So there are some people who believe it is more than one creature and some people who think he can just move that fast. I mean, okay. I mean, if it's a big old guy with huge wings. Right. He can probably get 
places pretty quickly. Yeah. So we're this week of terror mm-hmm. that we're talking about, was this reported like in the newspaper or? Oh yeah. Dozens okay. of newspapers covered this. Wow. And some people who are skeptics do think that the newspapers are sort of to blame. And we'll get into that with the theories section of this. Okay, but it has to start somewhere. So even if some of them were maybe made up mm-hmm. due to, you know, mass like hysteria. joining in the excitement. Yeah. Or, you know, even if they don't believe, like if it was a hoax by some person because right. they want to be in on it too. Right. Yes. Maybe. That doesn't negate the rest of them. The, the, it has to have started somewhere, especially yeah. to be making headline news. Right. And what's really cool about these sightings is a lot of them are groups of people seeing it at the same time. Okay. So that's good too. Corroborating one another's experience. Right. Apparently a the Black Hawk Social Club where they were having a meeting. Is this like a, a cult kind of thing? Like I don't the know. Hellfire Club or Well, they're not a cult. The Hellfire Club? Yeah. I mean they're satanic, but they're not a cult, I wouldn't say. Okay. So, I mean, if and for more information on the Hellfire Club, go and listen to our past episode on the Hellfire Club. It's not nearly as hell or fire as, well, actually, their building burned down, so it's kind of fire. But, uh, yeah, go check that episode out. It was fun. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, apparently, the meeting of the Black Hawk Social Club spotted the Jersey Devil, like, they say spying on them through the window. Like he had his face pressed up against the glass. <laughs> I don't know. Like, did he just want to join the club? He was trying to find out their secrets. Yeah. Um, because that's interesting behavior, I would say. Right. But the, it's like um, we've heard some stories of skinwalkers, like peering in through people's windows, like watching them. Right. So that would kind of humanize this thing a little more, yeah. which ties into the origin story a little bit, yeah. I think. Because oh, that's yeah. the same thing with skinwalkers as they are, you know, people who transforming yeah. into these creatures. Ooh, that gave me chills a little bit, like that realization. Yeah. I mean, because animals don't usually spy into windows. Like, it's not a yeah a normal animal behavior. Sure. They that's... can, like, rifle through things, you know. Right, but specifically, like, people watching yeah, is... interesting. Yeah. So, they apparently, like, some of them went out to attack or fight back. Or be like, get out of here. Yeah, pitchforks You're and... You're not part of this club. Torches. Yeah. Um, so, that's an interesting sighting as well. Yeah. So, there are a lot more sightings, um, even modern-day ones. But after the 1909 Week of Terror, where hundreds of people reported this creature uh-huh. over like 30 plus miles range in a week time in January of 1909. Um, there was also like small smatterings of like um, cattle or small livestock deaths, which people would just blame on the Jersey devil. Sure. Um, and even then to kind of call back onto what I mentioned about it, not necessarily being a violent being is they weren't really violent, violent scenes. There was a group of chickens who who died, but, like, they weren't really ripped into or anything. But then there are accounts where animals are ripped into and not eaten or taken. So okay. I'm not really sure where to put those, like, right. and why they 
blame the Jersey Devil for certain ones and not others, or blame them for the violent ones and the ones who look like a group of animals just sort of like fell dead for no apparent reason. You know what I mean? Like the MO is not consistent. Yeah. But in 1937, an unknown animal with red eyes was reported in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. In 1951, sightings of a monster that matched this description. And what's interesting about those sightings, like in the 30s through the 50s, is they weren't necessarily calling it the Jersey Devil. Oh. But reported sightings can be matched up to the historic Jersey Devil sighting. Gotcha. So they're seeing something that they're just looks saying like a creature. It. I saw a crazy thing. It yeah. had these features. And then people are like, uh, bro. Yeah. But then in 1960, murmurings of the Jersey Devil began again after a dozen animals and pets, so livestock and pets, so all animals, obviously, uh, turned up dead. Were they, uh, did they appear to be eaten or no so details? No, so none of the animals were ever actually, like, consumed or bitten out of. Okay. Um, there was a group of pigs that were, like, scratched like, very obviously by, like, talon, claw-like, you know, markings. Yeah. Um, And this was in Camden, New Jersey, and a reward of $10,000 was actually offered because they were like, this is actually ruining livelihoods. We need to figure out what this is. Okay. Between the 60s and 70s, the creature is seen again by people who are out in the woods partying. There's one group who said they had, like, cups on the table. It was a couple of different married couples who were out in the woods just, like, hanging out, having, like, a little camp-out party. Uh-huh. And something flew overhead that was so massive when it swooped down over them that it, like, the gust of wind from that knocked their drinks down and and everything. And they heard, Whoa. like, the screeching. And so they were horrified. Like and Yeah. And then a group of uh, four women went camping, and they heard the screeching and saw, like, a skulking bipedal figure. This was in the 70s. Yeah. That's recent. Oh, yeah. There's more recent. So in like the early 2000s, a family in New Jersey saw the Jersey Devil. They were outside playing. It was winter again. Okay. And they, like in the 1909 is why I said again. Yeah. Um, They were out playing like football or something in the yard and then their mom came out and was like hey help me undo or plug in the christmas lights and they stood up and saw like face-to-face encounter with the jersey devil this is detailed like the family is is there they talk about it that their names are available they covered this on the show the history channel show monster quest okay so you can look into that yeah um it's so that's like the most recent um, sighting besides sort of everyday ones up until I think 2017 where people are driving through the area of mm-hmm. the Pine Barrens and they just catch a glimpse of something large and dark and bat-like swooping down in front of their car. Okay. So you mentioned bat. Yes. That's good segue to let's talk about some theories of like what it could be if not some sort of right supernatural being. Right. So like we mentioned before, with any cryptid, you want to des- decide. Like, yeah. what camp is this in? Does it 
seem like it's a supernatural being. You know, the origin story of the Jersey Devil ties that in with a supernatural being. If you're saying, like, the mother leads, she she cursed this child, it transformed before their eyes. It's lived all of this time, you know, yeah. hundreds of years. It's probably some sort of demonic supernatural being, sure. right? Um, or is it something in the area and then they decided to put a story to what they've seen, right? That's the chicken or egg thing. And it is possibly an undiscovered species. Right. So that's... Or a discovered species and it is what? Misidentification. Right. So it's got to be a species that there are multiple of because there aren't really any like real world animals that live for thousands of years. Right. Not right? one single creature. Right. So, so then you wonder, are they living somewhere? Are they breeding? Is there more than one? So you get population. into all that. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about, like you said, you, the bat segue. Yeah. So let's talk about misidentification. Okay. That's one option. These yes. people are seeing something. Yes. Yeah. But they're seeing something that is completely explainable by science. And there are a few options sure. given by people putting forth this theory. One of them is is a bat. Mm-hmm. There are actually two types of bats that people have directly correlated with this creature. One is the fox bat. Uh, box bat. Box bat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they do have similar features. Um, however, this bat is too small. Yeah. So it's, it has a sort of long face and they get fairly large for a bat, I guess. Um, but it's too small. So it doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. Yeah, it's like like two feet tall. Yeah, right. So, Um, I mean, you're going to see that and you're going to be like, wow, that's a big bat. Yes. You're not going to be like, that is a horrific demonic creature. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've seen bats at night and sometimes it's like, oh, was that a bird or a bat? You know, yeah, so you, can you don't kinda... really think, is that a bird or a demon? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is one bat. The other option is called the hammerhead bat. Yeah. And this thing and does look like a kangaroo with wings. Nightmare fuel. This thing is absolutely horrifying to look at but it still just stands at like i mean just because this is huge for a bat but like three feet tall right okay yeah it's considered that's a small be... child though so if you stand next to that yeah that bad boy you're gonna be like whoa you are yeah and the wingspan horrifying. is like six to eight feet what it's uh, you ha- show me the specs to back that up confirm this research please hold on Joss was responsible for the bat research. Okay, four feet wingspan. <laughs> okay. okay, this is but how still, cryptid stories happen. I, you just embellished onto that. Th- okay, good, good point. <laughs> still, four feet. That's big. That's a big old wingspan. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a, a small child mm-hmm. in length. Um, the problem with this theory or this explanation is that these bats live in Africa. Yeah, only there. Yeah. They are not... Okay, I found this on the web for... Or this explanation is that these bats live in Africa. Check it out. 
What did she find? Thanks, Siri. She just solved the Jersey Devil case. No problem. She's listening to our podcast. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Should we leave this in? Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it. All right. Um, unless somebody was shipping a crate of hammerhead bats. Which did happen back then. There weren't really rules on the treatment of animals. And there were all of these, you know, exchanges of exotic animals. There was a market for it. There were creepy circuses and all that going on. Sure. So not impossible. I guess, yeah. And I, I mean, if there was enough of them to have a sustainable family lineage, you know, they could have survived up until, you know, the 2000s or whatever the most recent sighting was. Yeah, but generally if they live in Africa, they're probably used to a completely different climate than right. the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. So, that it, I mean, it's a stretch, but put forth as a possible explanation, I sure. guess. Now, something that is less of a stretch geographically okay. is that it is the Sandhill Crane. Interesting. Now, the Sandhill Crane is a large bird. This one does have a six-foot wingspan. Yeah. And a screeching call. Okay. And they do migrate from the very north of North America to the south. So they pass New Jersey specifically. Sure. But are there any South Jersey devils uh, reported? You know what I mean? Like, if this creature is so um, terrifying and weird to see, are there any other cryptids in the South of the U.S. that match this Oh, right, because the Sandhill Crane would then exist down south. Right. Where they have migrated to for the winter. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. The Sandhill Crane is also brought up in the Mothman case yeah. as a theory. Yep. Now, I do still think I would be like, whoa, that's a big bird. Yeah. You can tell. If you see a bird, you're like, that's a bird. They, right. It's not like, oh, I wonder... I don't know. That just seems so ridiculous to me. And it would really only make sense if it started happening when settlers first came to the area. Right. Because then they're not going to know what the wildlife is like. Sure. Necessarily. Not over hundreds of years of living out there. Exactly. And even, like we said, modern sightings. If those are to be taken as truth or, you know, credible sightings... Yeah, I, I. Why would we think that that is listen, anything but what it is if it's misidentification? There are folks out there that are just a little wacky and they're making some stuff up. Yeah. But for the most part, I feel like your average seeing something on the street that's like weird, they have enough wits about them to be like, oh, that's a bird. Yeah, I mean, you know generally, I, mean? I would yeah. hope. Now, one thing that has been theorized and that you would be, it would be completely out of context is that this creature is actually a pterodactyl. Uh, whoa. So it matches a lot of the description. Okay. And the theory is that a like rogue pterosaur somehow survived the extinction uh-huh. and lived like deep within a cave system for, sure. you know, a certain amount of time because that would be something that in the 1700s you would see and think that is some demonic creature. Absolutely. But you know what? Today, 
a five-year-old could tell you when they see a pterodactyl. Whoa, that's a pterodactyl. So that still doesn't explain modern sightings. They have since been discovered. And it's also highly, highly improbable that a pterodactyl would have survived. and Because it wouldn't just be one. They would have to be growing their population. That's the same bat from Africa theory where you have to have a bunch of them to continuing right. on so the lineage exactly yeah. um and then we would probably see more of them at that point yeah it wouldn't actually like this cryptid has a lot of sightings but for it to be a misidentified you know as it's a pterosaur uh-huh. instead it would be seen even more often Agreed. if there's just yeah. a population of pterodactyls living in the pine barrens yeah. of new jersey <laughs> right yeah totally. and then they would probably that population would spread yeah. Two. These are flight-capable animals. Yeah, absolutely. So they yeah, would be, be repopulate. We would just have pterodactyls again if that were the case. Yeah, and we'd be riding them, <laughs> and they'd be domesticated. We'd have pterodactyl farms. Oh my gosh, pterodactyl farms! You're just going straight to like evil. You're gonna collect the pterodactyls. Why would it be evil? We have. What do you mean a farm? Do they work on the farm, or is the farm like you have llama farms? <laughs> Okay. Those are not necessarily evil. <laughs> I don't know. No, we need to adapt a story about an evil llama farm. Are the llamas evil or are the people who run the farm? Or were they doing sinister oh things? <laughs> okay. With the llamas. But my point is, they don't necessarily have to be. <laughs> I don't know the word farm. Like. Like you're growing them for personal gain is yeah, what I associate I mean, with that. People, okay, so maybe it'd be more like a pterodactyl ranch then. Sure, the word ranch is much better than farm if okay. you're associating with animals, I think. We'll I don't know, that. that triggered a negative connotation for me, I guess. <laughs> I think we'll, need to have another therapy session yeah. here. We'll dive into that more later. Okay. But I don't know. Pterodoc- it's not a pterodactyl, okay, you guys, right. is the point. But it looks kind of like one. Yeah. But also not even really that much like one. That's just the leathery wings. Yeah. And I maybe like the elongated head, but pterodactyls have a, a beak. You're more likely to misidentify a crane as a pterodactyl than... So those two match yeah, a little better. I get that. But they're neither of them are dragons. Very obviously right. not dragons. Now, speaking of dragons, again, this is not about my dragon obsession. But prior to the Leeds family and others settling this area between the 15 and 1700s, the Leni Lenape people lived there for thousands of years. Okay. And what I was really excited about, but don't get too excited because it'll come full circle, (laughs) um, is that according to a lot of research and even documentaries on this, they claim that the Lenape people called this area the place of the dragon. No way. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, yes, this is it. This is real. You know that I say like our indigenous people in the First Nations, they hold all the keys, the secrets to life, everything. So this is where I was like stoked. And I was like, okay, it predates the Leeds family. Yeah. It's something in the area. 
it's either prehistoric or preternatural. Mm-hmm. And I was excited about it. But when I tried to dive further into where this information came about, right. I couldn't really validate it. Oh. And because really I was just taking what they said, but I didn't see any cited sources. Okay. And the Lenape people didn't have a written language. So right. how was it translated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. At that point. And where and how do you track that translation? Yeah. So the Algonquin dialect that they spoke was just it was all oral. So if they're speaking to, you know, the white people, how are they taking that in and really translating it? Yeah. So I saw that as kind of an issue and really wanted to like put a hard fine point on that because I I wanted that to be true. And I'm not necessarily saying it isn't. I just couldn't support it as like a full, like this is fact. Right. Like it's presented even in pretty major documentaries and books written on the matter. Which is sort of disappointing. Right. But good on you for... Well, I mean, it would have been major. So they do call the area Popwessing. Okay. There is an area nearby called, like with a similar name, like Poquessing or anyway. And that means like place of the mice or place. of, And so it's like, how do they, it's something where if you're even really trying to translate the dialect, it doesn't add up. Yeah. It's like a mistranslation. I don't know. If you have any more information on this specifically, because, you know, we do an episode every other week instead of spending like months and months on this research right. like I wish I could. Yeah. Um or even years. I just I couldn't validate that. Okay. And so I'm wondering how these people who spend way longer on this research, how they're putting that forward like a fact. Yeah. I want it to be a fact. Like I hope it is. I hope someone can email us and be like, actually here's where this translation yeah. Here's how you can follow where this and how this is translated. Because the implications of that would be that the people who lived there for thousands of years already named this place according to something that is seen in the area. Yeah, that would be amazing. And then the settlers come in, they see something, they create a lore to fit that. Yeah. And then it's seen, you know, for centuries and centuries afterward. Right. And that's yeah. like, whoa, there's something to this. I mean, that the most fascinating thing about dragons in general is that, I mean, so many cultures across the whole world have some kind of dragon lore yes. in and, their history. And the, yeah. Which is awesome. So, right. I mean, maybe this is tied in with that. It's cool. And we have had this discussion before just you know, at home, but, and maybe I'll, I'll find this again and cite this, but I don't remember which documentary I was watching, but it had a tie-in where it's like all of these different cultures have the same like root word for dragon. Yes. Which is bizarre. Yeah. If you think about like how different and you know, how language variations Mm -hmm. take place and just the the icon, the symbolism, the actual like visual of the dragon can be seen 
like far and wide and in ancient times and yeah. it's it is really really cool where did that come from yeah I mean, I did say this part was not going to be about my dragon obsession. We'll do a whole episode maybe on just dragons themselves. Yeah, could be good. But this is about the Jersey Devil. He could possibly be a type of dragon. You keep saying Charizard. I'm picturing almost the, like, demon guy from Fantasia. Yeah. When I think of the Jersey Devil. Well, yeah, that guy is ripped like a kangaroo. That's true. (laughs) So this was a really fun, interesting case. We never close our cases at the end. We're always learning new things. We're listening to more people's take on this and everything. And, you know, we don't want to close a case because we're always, as a people, learning more every day. Well, I think, I mean, that's an interesting thing. I don't think we've ever brought that up before. But one of the things that drives us to want to look more into a case is by... Covering a case. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's like we, we hear like a little anecdote or a story or, you know, like catch a YouTube clip or something that's like, oh, I want to know more about that. Yeah. And then it just rabbit hole. So, I mean, we hope that this podcast encourages you guys to do more research on your own and like look deeper into things. And, you know, if you find contradicting facts or something to add on to what we've discussed, like, please let us know. Like yeah. We want to keep the conversation going for sure. Yeah, definitely. And we don't claim to be experts on these things. We're just interested and basically assigning ourselves homework. Yeah, and then just like <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's so, the whole thing. It's easy to do a podcast when, <laughs> you know, you find these topics that you just want to like... Really dive into. Talk about. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. So like, if, like I said, if you have anything to add or... Uh, anything that you found that contradicts anything that we've said on any episode, please uh, drop us a line. Uh, you can find us at frightlifeparanormal.com. You can find a contact page there. Also, past episodes are all listed there. Uh, we have a merch store and links to all of our socials. We hope you've had a frightful time with us here at Fright Life, a paranormal podcast. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. We'll see you next time.